Within the financial institutions industry, Charlie Cameron and Josh Jurgensen have taken two very different career journeys, but they agree passionately on this. What sets CLA apart is an entrepreneurial approach to serving banks and credit unions. Together, they lead our FI practice, which now boasts $70 million in revenue, more than 250 staff members, and roughly 1,500 clients. Let their stories of grit and success inspire your own industry specialization path. Industry Forward starts now. Welcome CLA family to this podcast designed to tell the stories behind the CLA promise. I'm John Langan, Chief Industry Officer for our regulated industries. We create opportunities when we live our culture as entrepreneurs, owners, and leaders. At the center of the CLA promise is our why, to create opportunities. Behind the CLA promise are a set of core beliefs. One of them is helping versus selling, a belief that specialization enables us to focus less on ourselves and our practice service specialty, and more on our clients' needs and opportunities. As we get to know our clients better and help them more, it will in fact result in growth for CLA. That's industry specialization at CLA. Industry specialization equals growth, along with better quality, profitability, and more inspired careers. But how do you get started? And how do you build a succession plan for yourself? To answer those questions, we've invited two industry specialists, financial institutions leaders, MPI Charlie Cameron from our St. Louis office, and Josh Jurgensen, an FI principal in the Minneapolis office. Charlie and Josh, welcome. You represent two ends of the industry journey, so exploring it from both of your perspectives will provide real insight to our audience. Let's start with your personal stories. How long have you been with the firm? Tell us about your career and what you have that brought you to this place. And Charlie, let's start with you. Thanks, John. I'm in my eighth year now with CLA. I actually merged my legacy firm in at the beginning of 2012 when we first began operating as CLA. After spending a few years with the big four at the beginning of my career, I worked for 12 years for a regional bank holding company in St. Louis. After that bank was sold, I purchased a small niche bank consulting firm and ran it for 12 years. By hiring some good people, many of which are still with us today, we were able to grow consistently and establish a good reputation in the marketplace. In 2017, I began transitioning into my current role with FI. Our FI practice now stretches across the country, has total revenue of approximately $70 million, and consists of about 250 total staff members. And I'll bet as you started in this industry, you had no idea you'd be sitting on top of revenue of that size. Absolutely no idea. It's been a, been a great ride. So Josh, tell us about your story. Thanks, John. I followed the more traditional career path, starting right out of college, coming to CLA back in 2007, currently my 13th busy season. Uh, by dumb luck, I happened to get placed in the financial institutions practice, and here we are today. It's been a crazy ride since 2007, coming right out of college into the largest economic crisis of at least my lifetime, working with community banks. I just assumed that every board or out of community meeting consisted of discussions surrounding writing off a number of bad loans or discussions with regulators closing banks. Thankfully, that's not the case, and here we are today with, like Charlie said, a very large and successful FI practice. So you've had baptism by fire through the 2008 
financial crisis. Yes, So definitely. you've both taken interesting journeys to get where you are today. And so, Charlie, uh, what are some of the key decisions that you've had to make along the way, both planned and unplanned, as you moved along your desired career path? Well, John, I would say first that uh, just being entrepreneurial back when I purchased my legacy firm, and then after being a sole owner for 12 years, um, making the decision to join what would become CLA. Uh, after being a sole owner, I knew that we had more growth potential, but that we needed the resources of a larger firm to continue that growth and to offer better long-term career opportunities to our people. Then in 2017, accepting the leadership role in FI that I serve in today, and you know, in short, I accepted that role because I believed in the strategic platform of our firm, and I knew that the key to FI continuing to be successful was just executing on the core principles of that strategic platform. So Josh, Charlie had his own practice and brought it in and he had all the experiences that went along with that. You said you took the more traditional route right out of school coming into what has become a very large firm. How do you build off of the experiences you've had but also some of the ones you haven't um, to sort of round out your experience as you try to build your career? Yeah, I've been very fortunate uh, from the standpoint of when I started, this was already an established financial institution's practice. Learning from people like Terry Enger and Jerry Felicelli and Neil Falcon and now Charlie and others, uh, they played a big role in developing what we have here today. Uh, but now it's on myself and a number of other younger leaders within our FI practice to continue the momentum that they've started and conti to continue to allow us to grow. Um, we have over 1,500 financial institution clients across the country that when we walk into many of those institutions, they know who we are just by name recognition alone. That wasn't necessarily the case when I started back in 2007. At the end of the day, it comes down to serving our clients and giving them the opportunities with our support. Uh, for me, it's always been very important to have that entrepreneurial mindset and how can we help our clients. And that's one thing that I've learned over the years from Charlie and others and continue uh, doing that as, as we go forward into the future. And what I can hear in your voice is the energy and the passion behind doing that. And I think that's probably a big part of being able to be hungry to have that, have that business even though you weren't in a position where you had to build the initial firm. So Charlie, as important as industry specialization is uh, and a key strategic priority of the firm, the service mix, the services that we bring to those clients to become a true professional services firm are equally as important. So talk to me about um, how you uh, look to leaders like Josh um, to employ those uh, those um, disciplines in terms of building a more holistic platform? Yeah, John, uh, our service mix is clearly shifting. Today, assurance and tax make up already less than half of our FI revenue, and that percentage continues to decline. Due to industry consolidation and other factors, we know that achieving 7% growth in the insurance area is going to be difficult. Uh, our industry's greatest opportunities lie in the consulting and outsourcing areas. So executing on seamless integration is really paramount to our FI practice. So we've asked young leaders like Josh and others to connect in a greater way with our key service line leaders uh, within their growth networks to plan, set strategy, and go to the market as one coordinated team, one firm. 
So Charlie, you said it's going to be difficult to get 7% organic growth through the assurance and tax compliance services, but if we're honest, it's almost impossible. That, that's exactly right, and our recent history shows that, John. Right. So Josh, your service concentration at this point is audit. How do you approach clients, prospects, and financial institutions, centers of influence to incorporate a more holistic approach to our service platform? Yeah, John, the seamless integration of all of our services is something that's got to be very important to us. Uh, for me personally, it's all about relationship building. Uh, I spend a lot of my time recruiting on campus with a lot of students, and we frequently get the question, what do I enjoy most about my job? And for me, it's working with all the clients that we have. Uh, if you go through my, my sent items box, there's a lot of clients that I'm addressing as, hey, buddy, or uh, good to see you again, things like that, where we've got a, a much closer relationship than just as a client. Uh, I don't want to be viewed as their auditor or as their tax preparer. For, for me, it's very important that they view us as their strategic partner. We want to be that first person that they call anytime that they've got a question from a financial standpoint surrounding their business, because we are working with those key decision makers. Um, when I'm looking at financial institutions specifically, many of our clients, at least in the community banking side, they are the majority shareholder. They are the owner of the bank, and we're working directly with them to help them manage the largest financial asset that they have. So I don't want to be that tax preparer or that auditor. I want to be that first person that they look at as a strategic partner to help the success of their organization into the future. So Charlie, we're throwing a lot at young leaders like Josh um, that we didn't really have to do. As we came up, we were very concentrated in our service areas. So uh, what is some of the advice that you might have uh, to Josh and other young leaders about how they sort of block out the noise and stay focused on the key areas? Because there's so many things you could be doing, but trying to figure out where you should put your priorities uh, in a very busy world can be difficult. Yeah, that's a great question, John, because it's a fairly frequent topic of discussion with our young leaders. Our leaders all naturally get involved in a variety of initiatives internally and externally. But there's an old saying that if everything is a priority, then you don't have any priorities. So we all have to deal with those challenges, but I believe that it's really important that we stay focused on the why and the how of our firm. When you break it down, our ability to create opportunities for our people and our communities really starts with delivering first-class service to our clients and creating opportunities for our clients. And of course, we do that by knowing and helping our clients through deep industry specialization. So my advice to our young leaders is that, you know, our activities need to be centered around the why and the how of our firm. And if we keep that focus and develop our daily, weekly priorities, et cetera, around that focus, I think that can lead you to a successful career at COA. Absolutely. And Josh, I had always thought that financial institution professionals wanted to be with big, big four firms serving publicly held clients. Why did you choose to build your FI career at CLA and where our profile client uh, is typically not public and decidedly smaller? Yeah, John, when I started with CLA back in 2007, we didn't have the name recognition uh, to go out and get in front of a lot of those larger institutions. Back when I started in 07, we had about 800 or so employees across the entire firm, and now we have more than that just in the Minneapolis office alone. So as we've grown, the number of opportunities we've had to get in front of those larger institutions has presented itself more frequently than it has. So I grew up on the community banking side. Now that being said, I really do enjoy the fact of working directly with the owners, like I mentioned before. You're working with those key decision makers uh, to really have an impact and an influence on where their organization is going. 
to put into perspective, when I started back in 2007, our average bank size was probably around $250 million in assets or so. As I look to where we're at today, we're probably around a billion dollars in average asset size for many of our audit clients that we have today. And that number is only going to increase. Uh, we've got a stated initiative within financial institutions that we're going to specifically target those larger institutions and get in front of those more often. Uh, really driving home the outsourcing opportunities and the consulting opportunities that Charlie mentioned. Uh, but I really have enjoyed the smaller institutions because you can really get your arms around that organization and really capitalize on all of the different service lines we have to offer to our clients. And while our profile client size is getting larger, I think it is fair to say that there's just more of them and they typically are underserved. Is that correct? 100% correct. There's not a lot of other firms that are out there specifically uh, connecting with community banks. Uh, for example, we have spent a number of, of years, I believe it's over 20 years now, serving with Independent Community Bankers of America, uh, the largest trade association for community banks, and they have been a great referral source for us and a great revenue generator for us as well over the years. Great. Yeah, I like to say that uh, if in a very big organization where that has great controls and full complement of resources, all they're really doing is buying our letterhead, and that's not very fulfilling. But these uh, smaller, mid-sized, and growing in, in size clients uh, have more need, and that provides more opportunity for them and for us. So Charlie, specifically, what are some of these services that you're trying to drive through FI? There are many, John. Uh, we really do have a very broad array of consulting and outsourcing services that FI delivers. Uh, probably the easiest way to describe that menu is just to think about the different risk areas of our clients. And in most of those risk areas, we're delivering a variety of services. So those areas would include regulatory compliance, credit risk management services, information systems, security, strategic services, etc. You know, John, now we have approximately 100 FI staff members that specialize outside the traditional audit and tax areas. That's about 40% of our FI staff. So I'm really excited about the career opportunities that we are creating for our people in these consulting and outsourcing service lines. That's great, Charlie. Josh, uh, FI had double-digit growth in 2018. Congratulations to both of you for that. Uh, but it brings its own challenges. So what are you and the FI industry group doing to elevate and accelerate the careers of the FI professionals and build a practice base on uh, effective client transitions and succession, which I know is critical to building a successful legacy practice? Like many other industries, I would have to assume, uh, we do have a challenge with succession planning within FI as we look to our existing leadership group. Uh, we've had a number of retirements over the last couple of years, and we'll have a, you know, a number more as we go into the next three to five years. Um, Charlie and the Strategic Leadership Committee of FI have done a great job of giving myself and a number of other younger leaders within the practice the opportunity uh, to lead various committees and get involved as much as we would like to be involved uh, in a number of, of things across the group. As an example, uh, Charlie has, has asked me to lead the FI Learning and Career Development Committees. Uh, I'm also working with David Henneke, another partner out of our St. Cloud office, to lead our Financial Services Innovation Committee, where we really try to take a look at some of the things that are going to be disrupting the financial institutions industry as we go forward. Uh, we're also putting an emphasis on educating many of our younger and up-and-coming uh, leaders within the organization as well. I'm talking about people that are in that three to four to five to six year range, giving them opportunities to try to educate them about what all we do. Because if they're not educated about what we do as a firm, it's going to be tough for them to create opportunities for both themselves and our clients. Uh, so we're really trying to be proactive in that and, and giving those people that have, have uh, stepped up 
and set themselves apart, uh, giving them an opportunity to grow their career at the pace that they want to. Charlie, Josh mentioned earlier about, um, about thought leadership and the importance of that and building yourself as an industry professional, making yourself, quote, a famous person. In FI, how do you go about uh, challenging your leaders and giving them that opportunity to become that famous person? Okay. Well, first, I would say establishing yourself as an industry expert is becoming increasingly important for our young leaders. We've already talked, John, that uh, you know, the assurance opportunities in the marketplace due to industry consolidation are declining overall. So I believe that if you're a relationship leader in FI, becoming that strategic advisor for your clients is the key to opening the door to execution of seamless. So providing thought leadership is a big part of becoming a recognized industry expert. You know, that can look different for different leaders. We don't necessarily dictate approach, but we certainly emphasize to all of our young leaders getting involved in thought leadership. And that thought leadership, I assume, would be around industry associations, articles, white papers, speaking, and doing, I guess, in a, in a way with your non-charge hours um, so that you can balance your life at the same time? A absolutely, and one of the tools that uh, some of our folks have really done a great job of developing is, is our blog for yeah. FI. Yeah, congratulations on that. So Josh, one of the things that comes up a lot with all the things that get thrown at us on a daily basis is how do we stay on top of our business acumen you know, the charge it, bill it, collected, the, the really nuts and bolts of this business. As a young leader with all that you have coming at you, how do you and your peers kind of look at that and uh, make sure that you're um, uh, covering that expectation? John, the beauty of working with financial institutions is the collective part is generally pretty easy because <laughs> if there's one thing that banks and credit unions have, it's money. So uh, generally speaking, collecting our invoices is, is usually not an issue for us. Uh, but from a charges standpoint, I have been very proud of how our, how our group has adopted the daily time reporting uh, mentality. Uh, when I grew up, that wasn't necessarily the case or the expectation that you had to do that on a daily basis. And as we've transitioned into that, uh, I've been very proud of, of how our group by and large has, has adopted this. Uh, we do have frequent conversations about the importance of working efficiently and charging for what you do. Uh, by no means do we ever want anybody eating their time. Uh, but we want to make sure that uh, when, when extra time is, is necessary that we're billing it appropriately and you know, whenever that is warranted. Uh, from a billing standpoint, we've made a concerted effort, though, over the last six to 12 months, John, of really trying to get some of our senior associates involved with billing. I think that does a great job of getting them a better understanding of the business side of, the, of, of what we do. And it also helps give those individuals a little more insight of the importance of efficiency. Because when you're in there uh, actually working on creating the invoice and allocating the whip as needed, when we're having to write off time, it really puts into perspective the importance of working efficiently and, and really gets them up to speed quickly on uh, why we do continue to talk about being efficient and, and, and recording our time in as much detail as we possibly can. So I think that's really kind of a good summary of, of where we're at with this, and I've been really happy with how people have, have stepped up and, and adopted some of the uh, mindset that we have had surrounding charge it, bill it, and collect it. Yeah, well, we'd love to get you uh, to help us get to a tipping point on daily time entry and uh, don't write off my time mentality. So Charlie, I'm gonna give you the last question, which is really as you get to the top of the stretch in terms of your career, um, what does success look like? Well, John, I would say that the, the goal is to establish the resources and develop the young leadership within our growth networks so that we can consistently execute on the market opportunities that lie in those regions. And although we are in an industry of disruption, 
I'm a big believer that disruption and innovation means opportunity. So like many of our other industry practices at CLA, FI has become large enough now that we really are dependent upon strong growth network leadership. So I believe that my job for my remaining years at CLA and really the job of our other FI strategic leaders is to create strong growth networks, to develop leadership within those growth networks and the resources that they need so their position to identify, create, and execute on opportunities. And John, if I can, let me just say that I'm confident that we can make that happen because I think our greatest strength in FI is our young leaders. We have one of them today in Josh Jurgensen, but, but uh, it's, uh, it's terrific to see the type of young talent that we have in our FI practice. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. It's been quite a journey for both of you and a testament to creating opportunities with inspired careers, industry specialization, and the entirety of the CLA promise being realized in FI. So thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, John.